Hey guys, it's me, KD, and this is KD Read With Me. Okay, so this is the last day of um, this book. I know it's been a long, long time. I'm very sorry. Um, okay, now this should take, if I speed read it, it should take no more than about 10 minutes. But, because you guys can't read the words with me, um, it'll be a little difficult. So, sorry if my um, voice sounds deeper. It's closer to my throat, the mic. So, um, sorry in advance. But, um, like, hey, let's uh, get to it. It is, let me check my clock. Hello, So we left off on day 165. I am confident that we will get through this. Now this is on page 267. Uh, let's see. Hmm. So we got 43, 41. <clears throat> so we have 49. Yeah, we have 49. Um, pages to go. Okay, so here it is. Okay, that's the fan. Okay, alright, hopefully you can hear me nicely. Okay, so, uh, oh wait, how are you? By the way, I mean, really want to know how you guys are. Um, once again, we're going to try to do this without stopping so you'll hear a lot of mistakes a lot of times I edit it out everything usually when I read super fast I do like this and then I go ahead and you know like um, continue reading or I'll pause it and that's just kind of hectic and it's like oh man I don't even get to just podcast and create content and edit later. I have to edit as I'm doing it, which is why a lot of times when I do a podcast, it takes a very long time. The only thing that I really um, have to like deal with is the fact that um, I'm a little upset that I can't change the picture of um, each one, like I can't change the picture of every episode, and I can't record multiple versions of um, my sponsor, um, Anchor, because I tried to keep my original one, and I really did like my original one. I liked it so much, 
and then did it right on the spot and it was awesome <laughs> but um when I re-recorded it I thought oh we're we still gonna save it on the episodes that were already posted oh my god what a I don't even know what a just I was just believing and being hopeful for I don't know what reason because honestly anyway so we're gonna get through with the rest of Book of a Thousand Days by um, Newbury Honor winning author Shannon Hale okay been a long time since I started talking about Miss Hale I read super fast the way that I read in my mind like when I read in my mind even breathing it's correct inflection I'm able to emote in my mental and <laughs> like putting all of that action and purpose in your voice sometimes it takes away especially if you are not the person um, who likes to take care of their vocals like that. I know I often sing in keys that are foreign to human ears because I just feel happy at the moment or I feel sad at the moment and I'm like, oh my god, I want to scratch out this tune or whatever. That's the problem because it's done some damage on my voice. <laughs> it really has. That's not funny. And it's nothing to really, um, it's nothing to, like, really make fun of or anything. It's a really serious condition. Please, all of you, especially those of you who want to become podcasters on Anchor, I, um, I really, 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 I really want you guys to take care of your voice. I, I want people to take care of their voice even if they aren't public speakers and even if they aren't singers, even if they aren't uh, podcasters or performing actors uh, vocally. It's important. You don't want any um, mute people when they don't have to be. You know? Okay. <sighs> okay. <coughs> oh. should think about not doing anymore um I know that when I do it over the phone it sounds different depending on where I am and I don't know I think it's just because you hear the vibration like because it stays literally like it picks up everything like from my throat it's so close to my face and even when I move it away I feel like people can still hear can you tell the difference? Like, can you tell how weird it is? I'm just moving my head. <laughs> okay. So then we got... <clears throat> and then you guys are like, shut up! Oh my god, just read that book. Okay. 
day 165. Sharia visited me this morning, smiling. She said the chiefs voted that although Lady Sam's betrothal to Contagus wasn't sanctioned by her father, he's dead now. So that matter is meaningless. And since our... I was about to say zero. O-U-R. <laughs> our. Okay. And then in parentheses it says there. Betrothal came first. He'll marry me. Parentheses. Lady Saren. And not Lady Vac. Or Vac here. Or Vac I don't know. Lord. Excuse me. Okay. Sharia said, it's complicated for a ruling lady of one realm to marry a ruling lord of another. Usually, that law is left to younger siblings. Okay. <coughs> Jesus. Okay. Let me just get this. Because my throat won't let me be great until I move the fan. So it's not blowing air into my, like, throat. <clears throat> oh my god. I feel so good. Just the ice kind of just sliding down there. It's like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> should be ashamed of myself. The first thing I drank this morning was not water but soda. That's of my own fault. <laughs> okay. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. It's been almost 10 minutes and I haven't even gotten anywhere near where I want to be. So. <laughs> younger siblings, and now that Kassar's war isn't an issue, Lady Beck um, and her advisors seem relieved that the patrol ties were released. She seems to be holding something back, so I asked, 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 I don't want to say asked, because we're not killing people on here. Okay, so then it goes to, oh my god, my cousin's boyfriend is alive. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear him in the background. He's just, <laughs> okay, stay over here. <sighs> All the kids are asleep, so we shouldn't get any interruptions. But here I am, still on the first page, and it's been, what, 10 minutes? I feel shame. Oh gosh. Okay. Sharia. Well, no, no, no. Um, she's 
continue to be homeless in their back. So I asked her, how did Lady Back take it? She frowned, then patted my cheek. Don't worry about that. Even if her pride is hurt, Lady Back can't cause you any trouble now that Jesus has decided. You'll have your wedding day. Hmm. She handed me a note from Contagus and left me to read it. <coughs> no, I'm not a guy, but... Okay. I'm getting headaches. Okay. <laughs> so okay, now I'm just read it normal. Okay. We've been betrothed for five years. So it doesn't make sense to wait longer. We'll have the wedding in nine days. Now that's the set date. I won't see you until your wedding day. Oh my god, I'm so serious. <laughs> okay, because it's bad luck. Because you might protest the haste. Oh, so you just want to force it, huh? What if she's in love with somebody else? Huh? What if the guy you left to, like, protect her or whatever? Oh my god. I'm gonna write it down. No, wait, I'm gonna. Okay. Now, I know there are stories that are similar to this um, already, but let me tell you that. Okay, for those of you who do not know, I love stories. I love to read, and I also like to write. So, I'm going to pitch this to. Um, a publisher or someone, but I'm gonna write half of it first. Um, and like this, this Miss Hale is giving me more inspiration. She's been giving me inspiration since Goose Girl. I'm telling you. Okay. <coughs> okay. When it says, "I won't see you until our wedding day because it's bad luck and because you might protest the haste." If you try to put it off, I'll have Batu argue with you, and he's very good at it. Brush your ankle, there will be dancing, and then it's sign takers. So, um, okay. If I took that timeline of nine days, and it was, you know, kind of like a guy like Tegas, like basically a subplot, so make an entire uh, book about a subplot of another character's life you know it's crazy so I'm thinking that they will be betrothed and they will have mutual feelings for each other they will be falling in love or starting to learn to love each other but this um, God or whomever, like whoever it is, I don't even know who it would be. I would have to work it out as I'm like writing the story. So, okay. I'm thinking that it would be like she fell in love with this guy nine days. No, no questions asked, but. She forgot that she had a bunch of, oh, I don't know if someone's going to steal it. They probably are. Someone who's well organized in their thoughts and the way that they like to write things out. You know, I don't like things to be too predictable. And it's okay. It's okay if it's not predictable at all. I don't, I don't mind. It's fine.
I'm in love now. But I just, I want to develop the story and bring it to you guys after I bring it to a publisher. And we'll see if I can get published. I would like to do that. Oh God, please bless me with a publishing company willing to take a risk on me. Okay, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, um, so yeah. Back to the story. Okay, so it's real. It's happening and I'm lost. I went to look for Sam, hobbling out of my room with the help of two canes. When Pegasus came down the hallway, when he saw me, he skipped a step. He looked to see if we were alone. He picked me up, hurried around the corner, and kissed me. Oh, that's so sweet. That's so sweet. Oh, my God. I feel like I'm 14 again. It wasn't that long ago, but I still know like I'm 14. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Alright, he kissed me long. My canes clattered to the floor. My arms fit around his neck. Oh, my goodness. It's wonderful. Beautiful. Okay, okay, sorry. <sighs> okay, wait, let me breathe without killing your ears. Okay, so I'm gonna cover up the mic. <sighs> I wonder if you heard me. <laughs> okay. So I felt as though my whole body only now was sawing. While he was holding me, I forgot that I'm not who I say I am, that he doesn't know that I'm just dusty. How can someone, anyone, forget? But I didn't, and I wish I hadn't remembered again. When we stopped to breathe, he said, I wanted to show you something. He pulled from his belt a blue shirt. Oh my god, she was worried about the shirt. Oh my god, I have another. Darn it! Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, so because I am trying to keep track on my phone of how long um, this is, um, I won't be using it as a speaker, so I'm talking with my headset today. <clears throat> we left off on day 164 on page 241. Okay. Okay. Or is it still yesterday? I write by firelight. I write because I want these ink strokes to give me courage, as I seem to be lacking it. My veins feel dry and dusty of blood. Not much of a mucker I am to be so terrified. Okay, I don't know if you guys heard that, but there was like an air bubble in my throat, right? Down as I was talking, and it just so happened to um, sound like I was croaking. Okay, I'm not a frog. I'm not an otherworldly being. I am human. So, anyway. Continuing on, I've tried laughing at myself, but it hasn't helped yet. An hour ago, I went to I went in search of Batu, the war chief. I, uh, I woke Sharia, and she told me where to find his room. She thinks me gentry. She'll do what I ask. What an unhappy laugh that gives me. 
Batu didn't seem surprised to see me at the door. Well, no, let me read that over. Batu didn't seem surprised to see me at his door in the middle of the night. He stepped into the hall, so neither of us would invoke the bad luck of the, of the threshold. Did you promise the Khan anything regarding me? I asked before revealing my plan. No, I didn't. Then I'll tell you what I'm going. Then I'll tell you that I'm going down to Lord Kassar. I've been praying to Under all night. He hasn't answered me. But when does the God of Tricks offer signs to his petitioners? Indeed. I cleared my throat. <clears throat> my voice was sounding an awful lot like a rat squeak. And I've had enough of that noise for a lifetime. I'm going of my own will. You know, when people say that, uh, volition is the same as well. You know, it's the same as uh, doing whatever you want. So I love it when people say, are you going of your own volition? It's really, it's, it's pretty awesome. Hold on, let me look it up. Just to see, just so that. I can't make sure that I'm not crazy. <clears throat> Volition. Define. So that I don't give you guys the wrong information. It says Volition. The faculty of power of one. Uh, no, no. The faculty or power of using one's will. Without conscious volition. She backed into her office. Uh, that's using it in noun. In a noun. Uh, what you call it? Ooh, what is vol volitional love? Genuine love is volitional rather than emotional. The person who truly loves, so because of decision to love, this person has made a commitment to be loving whether or not the loving feeling is present. Ooh. It's a quote from um, M. Scott Peck. I don't know who that is, but I like the sound of his definition. It's nice. It's uh, free. I like Okay. Back to the story. I'm going of my own will um, as Lady Saren. Would it be against your oath to con Tagus to help me? Batu frowned at me a good long while. Then he shook his head. No, it would not. But what do you plan to do? Get close enough to Kassar to sing? A song can't force Kassar to do anything. But if I sing to the wolf inside of him, the wolf, maybe it will choose to come out. And then what will happen? Something, I said, with much conviction to hide the feeble, the feeble, not feeble, hold on, the feeble answer. Okay, so she's playing dangerous. None of his men know he's a skinwalker except his war chief. At least that was true a few years ago, and I think it must still be so. And if they found out, who knows, said Batu. It might cause them to revere Kassar all the more. Would your warriors follow you if they believe you traded the life of your soul to desert shamans? Batu considered. 
Their loyalty would be dented, no question. And after a time, I believe they would abandon me. But in the midst of war, they might follow me into battle all the same. Yes, but I didn't know how to form my impressions into words. But if they actually saw him, I mean, how would you react if you saw someone change into a wolf? He's never a wolf by day, so he'd be confused, and they'd be confused, and, and, and then there are ellipses, and then it goes, what would happen then? Would he attack him? Would he attack his own men? Would they fight back? I don't know, but I have these ideas, and I have a strong body to carry them out, and reason to do it. How can I not? And then he takes uh, a little bit of a breather and says, My lady, I don't think you should throw away your life. And I don't think I should take your hand and lead you to your end. He put a hand on my shoulder as if to usher me back into my room. But I grabbed the doorpost. Did you see Contagus today? When you told him Cosar would take his life instead of Saren's. Is there any chance that Tagus will offer himself to save those hundred villagers for the war, for this realm? Isn't Tagus more important than any risk I might take? Batu shut his eyes. She, okay, I'm thinking from his perspective, she just referred to herself in the third person. So I wonder if it makes him suspicious because... She's just, um, when we last left off, she had already, uh, revealed herself in false, in falsehood of being Lady Saren. So, um, I'm wondering if he's sort of kind of raising eyebrows now, if he's kind of like, maybe she isn't, uh, Lord, (coughs) Lord Contagus's real match because... You know, I mean, just little things like that kind of send people off. And they're like, huh, so. You know how some people give themselves away. Like, um, in one of those, uh, World War Two movies. You know, when an American or, um, someone from the Americas who don't have, uh, who doesn't have, like, like, little... Uh, nuances of European culture and the way that they do things. Um, I can't remember what movie it was from, but Michael Fassbender. He's a uh, he's a German actor. He's of German descent, but he usually acts in movies that um, are like either filmed here in America or for American audiences. Um, so, I think, but I think he, like, grew up in Britain or something, I don't know, all I know is that he has an accent, but, um, he played in this one movie where he was an SS officer for, uh, um, Herr, oh, uh, I don't know how to say it, um, Hitler, like, Herr Hitler, I don't know, they say it somehow when they're addressing him with respect, but, um, and he did something wrong. I think he put, like, 
like he used the wrong utensil or something or he counted uh he counted down on like the wrong finger or something like that and they knew oh this isn't a European person because that's super weird and that's what the westerners do um <clears throat> I know that a lot of people do not like Americans I already know this that's why I've been practicing I'm trying to um perfect my Yorty accent so that when I go across the Atlantic and I actually do take my vacation to uh the British Isle well I don't even know uh are they still a part of the Isle I know Ireland already uh kind of 86 itself from <laughs> that part of the UK so uh, I'm just wondering well not like I know that they broke off from Great Britain, I think. And I think uh, Britain is trying to do the same. It's trying to break off from the rest of... I don't know. I don't know. I'm not heavy into politics. I don't know. I only deal with hypotheticals and people's personal problems with a boatload of chocolate. But, um... I do know that I want to fit in when I go um, when I go to um, Britain. I really want to go after there's like um, a vaccination or, or some form of a cure because I really do not want to get sick and I really just want whatever they created in those labs. Um, in uh, China, I hope that it dies. It might not die quickly, but I hope it dies uh, very soon. Um, like, life still isn't normal here. And I know it isn't normal really anywhere else except for those places where people want to be ignorant and just do whatever they want to do. And not care about everybody else's safety. Um, but, you know, uh, I do want to fit in. Because I noticed that um, sometimes people are attracted to foreigners. But I know that when, you know, I tell someone who is virtually a foreigner in my country that, you know... No, I'm a native-born American. You know, I'm not from any other place. I'm, I'm from here. It's, <laughs> it's weird, because, like, when you're a woman, sometimes some men are like, oh, well, she's easy-peasy, you know. Um, but that's not really the case. Not with all of us. Um, and I know that they upcharge at stores and markets. I know that that's a common thing. I really don't want that to happen. But, um, when I do go to Europe, I really do want to fit in as, as much as I can. Mm. Okay. Well, let's get back to the Asian steps, shall we? That was way off topic. Okay. Where are we? Oh, yeah.
Batu shut his eyes. He was tired, and I could see that now. We are, we all are lately, I guess. At least he didn't argue with me again. We argued to meet at the kitchen. No, 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 they didn't argue to meet. They agreed. My bad. I'm so sorry. We agreed to meet at the kitchen door at dawn. He'll lead me to the East City Gate and tell the guards to let me pass. From there, I'll go alone. I'll walk toward Kossar's camp from the east so the sun will rise behind me, granting me a shadow on my face. I wore my hair down and loose so he won't see me well enough to know the lie. Unlike Takis, Kossar has seen Sanrin. Mm-hmm. Problematic, I know. Um, I'll go barefoot so he'll see my naked ankles beneath my cloak, and now I am a girl and not a warrior. So perhaps he'll let me close enough to sing. I'll go alone. That's dangerous. Oh, cool. There's a, um, a sketch. Now. Excuse me. The sketch is, a. Uh, she only, it, it basically just shows in a very minimalistic detail what she's talking about. I mean, like, there, there's wonderful detail in the picture, but you can tell well, where it starts to just, like, blend and just kind of mush, but that's okay because it does its job, and it gives you a sort of, you know, light visual um, presentation of what's going on in the story because not everyone can use their imaginations to create a place and not every um reader either um a very hardcore reader that reads a different book every day or you know reads every night before they go to bed instead of like being on instagram or something like that or um you know just a hardcore reader that when they want to relax, they end up reading like a thousand page book over a weekend. You know, a lot of people, they can't really like make the picture in their mind. So since they can't make the picture in their mind, it's really helpful that sometimes um, authors and illustrators, they work together to create a nice picture that is from the writer's imagination onto the page for the uh, reader to at least get like a little like a sort of reference you know that's really nice and another thing that I really 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 like is when they do the maps I think I already um, explained this in an earlier episode like episode 10 or 15 or something like that I really love it when they actually like give you a map and so you can refer if you're really good with like compasses or, or you know if you have a good sense of um direction it'll it's like easy for you and I love it because it's it's just it's like you're just completing your you're completing 
your world, you know, and this book doesn't have, um, it doesn't have a, uh, like a sequel or anything or a prequel, it's just this book. <clears throat> and so if a producer or someone wanted to contact Miss Hale and say, hey, um, I really love this story. I love the world that you built within the, you know, uh, 300 or so pages. I think it's 300. Yeah, it's like 305, 307, I think. So, um, it's really, it's really, really, really nice because there's also a grim fairy tale based on this. So, if there's other things that they need to reference from, like if they're going to make a series of movies from this one book, or um, like a TV series or whatever, a miniseries, um, there's enough information, there's enough imagination, and there's enough of a world that is already built but can still be added in creation with other, like, realms and other stories and, you know, because I can tell you right now, um, <clears throat> if they wanted to, they could have, you know, got down with a prequel about, um, Lady Saren and Contagus' relationship or the story where they all came to know each other um, <clears throat> via parents or like some type of social event. I know they wouldn't just like uh, happen to chance upon each other or whatever. I know they would have to meet um, through some elite party or some elite gathering or uh, for political reasons. So, yeah. Because I think it only really happens that way in the movies when they meet on the street and they kind of like each other and then, oh my gosh, you know, your royalty, oh my goodness, your royalty too. I'm pretty sure everyone would pretty much know what the gentry and the deity like people, um, like the kingdoms and the... Uh, owners of whatever realm they're in, I'm pretty sure they will know them because, you know, you host balls and, well, not balls, but certain ceremonies and everything for the people who are basically above you and most definitely above, like, the middle class. But to, you know, to them, I think it's like, oh, well, everyone's poor. But it's not. I don't know. Maybe that's me stretching. Okay. I feel like I'm babbling. Okay. Let's get back to the story. Okay. Carthen, goddess of strength, I need your smile more than Kassar does. Evla gave me a bright sun and a dark shadow and grant me a powerful song. Under, I plead the honor of, be of being the dagger of your revenge. Later, is it still the same day? It feels years later. I can't sleep tonight in this strange place, in yet another new room. I managed to keep my book, and I have a new brush and ink, 
and nothing to do but fret and write. So I'll tell you all that's happened. Ancestors, have mercy. When I met Batu, Batu, my bad, Batu at the kitchen door. I brought Mucker with me. Um, that's, I think, uh, that's the goat. We're not sure. I'm pretty sure that's the goat. Excuse me. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not the goat. It's like, I think it's a yak. I don't remember. I think it's a yak. Yeah. Part of me doesn't remember, but part of me does. It's a yak. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, his exhales were billows of white, and he leaned his head against me like an enormous cat. Sorry. Um, Tior, but I love that beast. I'll ride the yak to the gate, I said. I didn't say that I hoped riding a yak. Um, Tior's father, wait, Tior's favorite animal might grant me a kind glance from him, but Batu didn't seem to believe in mucker faith, and I didn't say that I wanted to put my fingers on an animal's neck to feel some steady comfort, or I was like, um, no way home, or I was likely to break down and sob like a newborn. I certainly didn't say that. Batu led the yak through the streets. Um, the ways were narrow, clogged with the gears and the refugees, and by the time we reached the East City Gate, the sun had cleared the horizon. I couldn't feel its heat. The air was ice and seemed ready to break under my fist. My hands were shaking like to come off my arms, though I didn't, wait, no, no. Though I don't think I can be blamed. No, wait, hold on. I don't even know what I'm looking at. Okay. Um, my hands were shaking, like to come off my arms. Though I don't think I can blame the shaking on just the cold. Batu spoke to the gate guards, and they inched the gates open. Two narrow shots away, Hasora's warriors camped. They resembled ants in an anthill for all that I could ever hope to count their number. Batu put his hand on Mucker's neck. Are you certain, my lady? There's a little there's little chance Kassar will keep his word once he has you. I'm wager my honor. I'm wagering on I don't even know what that is. It's not wage. Oh, I'm wagering not wage. Hmm. I'm just gonna say wage. It's easier for me. Okay. I'm waging on the god of tricks today. Mm, that didn't even sound right. That's a poor wager. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> oh, one of the guards, um, one of the gate guards said that under his breath. Um, I slipped off my boots, then slid off Mucker's back, and the moment my bare feet touched earth, they went numb with cold. I patted Mucker's nose once before beginning the walk across the empty field toward Kassar. How can I say what it was like? Cold? Long? Lonely as ghosts? 
I guess it was about the worst moment of my life. Almost as hard as singing my mama into the next room and much colder. Kassar and his men were so far off, it felt like forever to get there. And, the, and even though I wasn't eager to arrive, the journey itself was misery. Ouch. I, I don't know. She could get like hypothermia, something. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I mean, she, I don't think she should do that. But all I can say is to each his own. Slippers are just as, you know, feminine, modest. They're, they can be as vulnerable as bare feet, I'm guessing. But I don't know. I can't catch cold for anybody. Like, there's a high chance that she could probably even die before she reaches the camp. You know? Maybe not. But say, for instance, something was sharp sticking out of the ground. And the cold earth, whether it be covered by a light, you know, layer of snow, or let's say, you know, um, it's hidden underneath the earth, and she steps right on it, directly on it, probably, like, hurting some form of uh, tendon or, or whatever in her foot, and then what's going to happen next? She's going to bleed out, and then she'll be in Lord Kassar's capture, and he could advance on the city. I'm saying, her plan, I would just wear shoes. Wear shoes, please. Hmm. Does fright hurt? It did then. It did for me. In my stomach and in my lungs. And it didn't help that my feet were so frozen. I couldn't sense where they ended, and the ground began. Twice, causing me to trip. See, she could have hurt herself. She could have hit her head on a rock. She could have impaled her foot, impaled her, her head. See, I don't like this plan. Um, <clears throat> let me read on. I'd rather, wait, hold on. <clears throat> I'd really rather not have fallen on my face in front of thousands of warriors who were waiting to kill me. Under seemed to be playing tricks on me, and I began to doubt that I'd had any hope. But by the time, but by then, I was already there. Lord Kazar! I shouted. At least that part of my plan worked. I'd intend to shout his name, and it actually came right out. Khan Kazar, you meant to say. He stepped out of his gear, but stayed so far back, I couldn't make out his face. I knew his voice, of course. It was turning my bones into soup. Mm. Okay. And, excuse me. Here's what they think. I'm letting you live for the moment because I'm curious about this girl who crosses my battlefield. Just what are you offering? I won't pay. I'm pretty sure he didn't sound like that, but I'm not a dude. Never was. So it's going to be hard to sound like a man. His men laughed roughly. Kasai lifted his sword, making some call I didn't understand. And two dozen of his men moved in to a half circle between me and Kasai, fully armed, bows pulled back, swords bare. 
Take another step and I'll show the eternal blue sky the color of your liver. If Tegas thinks to use an assassin, he'll not fool me by sending a woman with a poisonous dagger. I think that was too dramatic a read, but you got the picture. <clears throat> I stopped walking, gripping my cloak tighter. The cold was slithering up my bare legs. Chinua, check her, said Kasai. Show me your hand, said a man to Kasai's right, a tall, thin man. I figured this was Kasai's war chief, the one who'd taken Saren to watch Kasai become a wolf. I raised my hands, and for some wild reason, I found myself remembering how Tagus had once called them beautiful. Spared from the scrubbing waters of late, they've softened, though if Kasai looked too closely, he'd see the scars and calluses. Now deliver your message before I gut. And then, uh, well, you know how... People are, uh, one person talks and then another person interrupts. Yeah, it's supposed to be like that. But I can't really achieve that effect because I don't have someone else reading with me. And it's really hard to try to catch myself and then pause the recording, get situated, get into another voice and hurry this and now that. <clears throat> okay. My lord, it's me, Lady Serene. Okay, I'm sorry. My voice went soft. I was ashamed to tell lie right, to tell a lie right beneath the eternal blue sky. Lies are for dark holes and rooms without candles. Speak up. I am Lady Saren, I said louder. Lady Saren, he snarled a laugh. I knew that Khan wouldn't be able to resist breaking you out. Take off your hood. I want to see your scared cow eyes. I pulled my hood back. My hair hung down. The sun was behind me, and I hope he was still too far to see. Too far back to see. I thought I should say something quickly to prove I was Lady Saren. Something true. Before he could see my face, um, see in my face who I was not. Mm -hmm. The day you threw flames into the tower, I said, the day you tried to smoke me like winter meat. I guess I've never been so scared in, all, in my life. <clears throat> he laughed. I hate his laugh. All you are is fear, he said. I believe that was also the day you bathed in my waist. I couldn't help adding. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I was happy to see him flinch. I guess he didn't make. Uh, I guess he didn't much like my mentioning that in front of his men. You told me you'd only take me if I came willingly, I said, and here I am. I started toward him, but three of his men moved to block my way. Though he thought me the frail Lady Saren, he still wouldn't let me near. He was too clever to risk the chance I might have a hidden weapon. Ooh. I feel like I'm like going out of breath. I should sit up. This uh, this morning before going out that possibility had haunted me. So I disrobed completely under my cloak. <gasps> She's naked. Oh my god. Okay. I've been praying since that I wouldn't have 
to take it off. But that ultimate submission seems to be the only way I think he... Uh, wait, no, no, no. Gotta read it. Okay. <clears throat> okay. I've been praying since that I wouldn't have to take it off. But that ultimate submission seems to be the only way he'd think me harmless. The way to get to... Uh, the way to get near enough to sing. I shut my eyes and unhook the neck and let the warmth fall to the ground. Oh my god. Okay. Winter blasted my skin, and the cold shot up from my feet through my entire body. Kassar stared, suddenly, with nothing to say. You see, I'm hiding no weapons, my lord. That's a lie. She still has a rejet. That is a weapon in her mouth. You know, well, not like in a sexual way, just like her tongue, you know, uh, you know how they have, uh, conniving tongues, uh, silver tongues, that's also a weapon, so I wouldn't say you're completely out of weapons. Okay, <clears throat> I tried to say, I tried to sound brave as Gentry, but I was shivering so hard, my voice warbled like a bird's. My words knocking against each other. I had to bite my tongue to bleeding to keep from picking my cloak back up, wrapping it around myself, curling up inside. Hmm. I wonder why they didn't illustrate that. You see, I submit to you. I'm here of my own will as you want it. I'm sacrificing myself for this realm. If you are a man of honor, before the ancestors under the eternal blue sky will keep your word. Take me and leave this room in peace. He didn't say anything. He stared at me. Pervert. Okay. His men looked away at the ground, at the clouds. Though hard warriors, I think they can help a, uh, being embarrassed for the poor naked girl. I don't really think so. <laughs> um, okay. There was some revenge in this, I realized, remembering how Lord Kossar stood naked before my lady, but I couldn't glory in it. The shame hurt me like the cold, and trembling inside and out, winced when tears burned my eyes. Mm. Please, don't make me stand here like this, I said, my words shaking. I didn't mean to beg, but there it came. Please say you accept my sacrifice. Please let me put on my uh, put my cloak back on. Please. He started walking toward me now, slowly. His men stepped aside. You surprised me, Lady Sand. He kept coming nearer. I never expected you to do anything but tremble and cry. Though I see you trembling, where are your tears? Ah, uh, I see one. That's better. Mm. He's totally a devil. And Mira. My stomach quivered. My blood was hot. This was the moment I bowed my head. As if meekly. The sunlight was strong behind me. Ever was smiling on my hope, 
but I knew the moment he saw my face, he'd kill me. He was near enough now that through my hair, I could make out his own features. I can't say if he was handsome or ugly. Ooh, that's real sad. Okay, he looked like pain to me. Then I noticed one detail. He had three thin white scars down his cheeks, like the marks of a cat might leave. It seems my lord had drawn some blood that night. He escaped the wolf's jaw. The thought gave me a gust of warm courage. <laughs> Before Kazar's hands reached me, I had to act. Witness all. I lifted my hand. Well, no, she lifted her arms and knelt. The frosty grass snapped like glass. The, the frosty grass snapped like glass under my knees. See, Lady Sand surrendered to Khan Kassar. I sing the song of submission. Oh, she's about to get him. Here was the trick. I don't know a song of submission. Instead, I began to sing the song of the wolf. Yellow eyes blink the night, I sang. Two paws in, two paws gone. While praying that there were no muckers among his warriors, that they wouldn't know what it was, I sang. I remember the voices of my brothers chanting those words, yelling them at the night to save the sheep. Felt that childhood tune hum inside me now as if in harmony. I reached forward. I touched Kasari's boots, hoping the contact would make the song stronger. Kasar stared down at me and did nothing, his face puzzled, his body rigid. I think I understood him then. I think he felt that something was wrong, but he couldn't allow himself to be afraid. Not of me, not of a naked girl singing. And because he did nothing to stop me, neither did his men, or neither did his men. You pick. I kept singing, calling the wolf out of the man. Too late, Kassar asked. What are you? He didn't finish his question because his head had thrown back and he stared up in pain or thrill. I don't know. I stopped singing then. My limbs shook so the ache was nearly unbearable. I didn't know what would happen. Would the wolf and Kassar hear my song and flee its daylight form? Would it come out under the sun? With my voice I sang, and with my heart I prayed. Tyre, god of animals, whose realm this man destroyed. Under, god of tricks, whose name this man cast off. Goda, goddess of sleep, I gave you a sleepless night in prayer. Evla, my lady, goddess of the sunlight. And songs give me voice. Ancestors, let me sing this man into his animal form. His sleepless form of night trick him into it under the sunlight. I sang to him the song of the wolf. He stumbled back a step. But it was the most he could manage. All his force seemed focused on trying to hold his shape. His men were still looking away, ashamed of my shame, unaware of their lord's danger. Then Kassar groaned. My lord? Khan Kassar? Chinua asked, as if beginning to wonder if something was wrong. The rest didn't suspect me still, idiots. I'd completely debased myself. I'd become a thing too low to, complain, to contemplate. Still, I guessed I wouldn't have long. 
The moment they thought me dangerous, they'd have their arrows fly. I sang louder. I stood trembling for cold and fear and put my hands on his chest. So close I was, he could have snapped my neck by accident. If he'd looked, he'd have seen the lie in my face. But his neck arched and his glance flung up toward the sky. My voice quivered so that on low notes it was nothing but a rasp. Two stones grating together. Please, I prayed, please change. Hurry, become that wolf now. Now, my lord, are you all right? Asked Chinua. He stepped forward two paces, pulled his bow back tighter. I think you'd better stand back now, girl. But I couldn't stand back until Kazar was gone, where he couldn't hurt Tegus or make my lady quake and sneak into my nightmares. I clung to Tezar, to Kazar, my bad. So the warriors can shoot me without risking their lord. The night, the night, I sang. My voice was getting more desperate. I knew I didn't sound very meek anymore. But the wolf in Kazar wasn't coming out. The night drips from your teeth, the night melts from your eyes, yellow eyes. I stand back. He aimed at my head. That's genuine. I screamed my song, and Kasar thrust back his head and howled. Not at the moon, not at the shifting stars, but howled right at the eternal blue sky. That, I thought, that should get the ancestors' attention. Kasar pulled out of my grip and I dropped flat to the ground just as an arrow whisked over me. I kept singing, and Kassar kept thrashing. His men were advancing, but for the moment they forgot me in favor of their lord who had begun to screech and howl, his hands clawing in the air. I had no weapon. They must not have understood that I could harm him, so I sang on, though I don't know how I found my voice at all with the shaking and barely a breath trickling into my lungs. Then... The change happened. It really did. I'd believed Saren when she told me what she'd seen. Or I thought I had. But until I saw the change myself, I guess I hadn't truly understood. Just the sight of its wrongness made my stomach seize up. And I would have lost my breakfast if I'd had any. I don't think I can describe the sound of flesh burg lunging, bulging, ripping, smelling that clouded around Kassar, or the smell that clouded around Kassar, strange and rancid. Ugh, disgusting. I can say that his face thrust out, his back hunched with fur, his clothing tore, his arms bent and groaned before popping off. Mm, his armor bent and groaned before popping off. My bad. Okay. He dropped down on all fours where Kassar had stood. A wolf now growled. Kassar the wolf was enormous, as tall as an antelope, as an antelope and as fat as a mare, with jaws that could come down and take the largest of yaks. 
The size, the sheer menace of the thing made me quake, and the sun choked in my throat. His men hollered and jumped back from the snarls of their teeth. The jagged paws. It's our lord, shouted Chinua. Do not harm him. Here's where my plan took the greatest risk. What would the wolf do? I was bargaining that the wolf who had snarled at me in the tower was more instinct than thought. That he loses his humanness when he's a wolf. Mm. Saren's story suggested such. When Chona moved them behind a fire to protect them from his lord. Here was my hope. Kassar, the wolf, would now attack his own men. It's our lord, Chinua was shouting. Do not harm him. Chinua ran about bellowing, trying to get warriors to move so the wolf would have an escape. But the camp completely ringed the woods with the city wall before us. Forty thousand warriors and their gears and animals all around. There was nowhere for the beast to flee. He placed and growled and wiped his face against his legs as if the sunlight were painful. The plan was failing. The warriors kept their swords and arrows pointed at the wolf, but didn't strike. The wolf just snarled and snapped at nothing. Change back, Lord Kaza, Chinua said. It's day. Change, my lord. Change. He's going to turn back, I thought, and then he'll kill me or worse. His men now knew that he was a wolf-skinned walker. But the warriors weren't fleeing their post, as Batu said. There was a possibility they would veer him even more. I'd lost. The failure was painful, and I was cold. I moved to crawl back into my cloak. That was a stupid thing to do. Stupid. Because then the wolf noticed me. His eyes were on me, and he crouched and snarled. Sing, Dashti, I told myself. Push him back with your song. Sing! But I was so cold, so terrified. My voice iced in my throat. I couldn't speak even a word. I tried to run. I didn't make it three steps. He pounded. No, wait. He pounced, landing on my leg. And I heard a crunch before. I felt pain. His foul breath filled my mouth. And he snapped my face. He snapped in my face. And his stomach tried to vomit. And my stomach tried to vomit. My bad. I didn't mean to mix that up. I turned my head and he lunged. The side of our skulls collided. I could taste blood. Then, the airy whistle of an arrow scratched the air. The arrow nipped the beast in the rear, and he yelled and turned. His warriors stared, shaking. One warrior held a bow with no arrow. Maybe it had been a mistake, and the bowstring slipped in his fingers. Maybe he had a sister or a daughter my age and thought of her when the wolf leaped on me. Or maybe it had been Under's doing. However it was. Ancestors, please bless that man. The wolf made a noise in his throat now. The hunger of rage. He turned his jaws toward the warriors and he lunged. Don't shoot him. Chinua yelled. 
the three men, their eyes wide with terror, began emptying their quivers. It didn't matter. The wolf leapt and rolled in an incredible speed, and nothing could touch him. When one arrow grazed his leg, the wolf wailed in rage. When he sprang, his jaws tearing out the throats of two men, more arrows cut the air. And the wolf's attack became so swift and deadly, serial warriors lay bleeding. Several warriors lay bleeding before I could even comprehend what was happening. The wolf was smearing his muzzle in the blood of another soldier when at last one of the arrows struck him hard, then another, and another. He roared and clawed at all the warriors, killing two more. The men were running back, letting arrows fly as they tried to get out of his reach. Chinua was yelling something, but so was everyone else. Another arrow struck the wolf, another and another. He howled and snarled, running in a circle in mad fury. He was too wounded to make chase. And the warriors had retreated beyond his reach. That's when his horrible eyes found me again. I managed to pull my cloak on and was trying to drag myself away, but I couldn't stand. I couldn't run. I prayed to Carthen, goddess of strength. I wept so hard my throat ached, though I was too cold to make tears. The wolf padded toward me, struck with arrows his head low to the ground. He was still tense, growling as if he would attack. I pressed my hands against the crackling grass and pushed myself back, back as hard and fast as I could, my wounded leg dragging on the ground, but he was faster. He pounced and I screamed my song again. Just one line, one rattled tune. His jaw snapped, a hand's breath away from my face, his spittle flying against my lips. His breath stank of blood and I couldn't seize enough breath to sing again. His mouth opened toward my throat, but before he could clamp down, his body slumped. At last, the weight of those arrows in him was so great, was too great, great enough that the full force of his body collapsed on me. He didn't move again. I thought I was dead too. A hot pain pierced my ankle. A dull pain throbbed in my head. I was pinned to the ground by the wolf's corpse and surrounded by an angry anthill of soldiers. Chinua, his face full of rage and grief, ran toward and prodded his wolf lord to see if he was dead. I pushed against the hairy body with all my strength. The corpse rolled a little to the right, but it was so heavy. I couldn't bulge it from my leg. Then for two whole moments, I heard no sound but my own heartbeat. I let my head fall back. I gazed into the eternal blue sky. It was morning. Some of the sky was yellow. Some of the softest blue. One small cloud scuttled along. Strange how below can be such death and chaos and pain while above is peace, sweet, blue gentleness. I heard a shaman say once, the ancestors want our souls to be like the blue sky. I prayed to the sky. Here I am. I took the ancestors, their gifts, what they gave me, and I avenged their names. You saw it. You're above all. Even the sun. Even the sacred mountains. 
even the ancestors, I submit to you, and if you're sending me on to see my sweet mama again, I'm ready to go. Just take care of my lady, please, and take us too. And I close my eyes to die. But you see, I'm not dead. I'm still riding. Under heeded my pleas. Today, though he tricked me in my turn, the drums rapped and the horns called. I turned my head and saw 500 warriors coming from the west gate of the city, Batu at their lead. They halted a safe distance away from Khazar's men. My lady, are you all right? Batu shouted at me. Yes, I said, because it seemed he, what he was expecting to hear. And I was alive still, which I guess was all right. He gestured with his chin to the dead creature, pinching me. Is that Kassar? It was. And wolf form, just as you said, beware a lady's faith, you warriors of underscorn. Chinua looked made of wrath. A company of warriors had come forward, standing behind him with weapons in hand. You should beware us, Evelus peasants. Carthen's glory is not defeated by the slaying of one wolf. Batu shrugged. I have nearly 30,000 warriors ready at the gates, men fighting for their homes. Your numbers are larger, true. But with your wolf lord dead, how many will fight? He was your real strength. You leave now. You'll make it home before the true winter falls. Don't waste the time. Throw down your weapons and let us take Lady Saren safely, and he won't pursue. There was more talk, but I didn't catch it. It took so much effort to try and listen. My ears were frozen. frozen. <laughs> that was an accident. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> hmm. I wouldn't have been surprised to see them break off right. Uh, no, wait. Let me read that over. There was more talk, but I didn't catch it. It took so much effort to try and listen. My ears were so frozen. I wouldn't have been surprised to see them break right off my head. My feet seemed to have never existed at all, and my throat seemed to scream with every inhale. Pressed against the ground like that, I was so cold, the only parts of me I could feel were throbbing something vicious. And I wanted to howl and cry with pain, but I couldn't move enough to do much that. <sighs> Suddenly, the ache in my ankle pierced me like a new wound, and I screamed before I realized what had happened. Chinua and two other warriors had rolled the wolf off me. They began to tow the carcass toward their camp, and behind them, Kasa's warriors, they retreated. I guess Batu had been pretty convincing. I sat up and almost fainted from the pain. I paused, waiting for the blackness in my vision to go away so I could stand. I found myself looking into the eyes of the wolf. They were dragging him by his hind legs. His dead eyes stared back at me. In death, his eyes lost their wildness. They calmed and saddened some. And I realized that this wolf his eyes, they were blue, blue as the eternal sky. I wonder if right at the moment of his death, Kassar remembered the price of his wolf strength. 
He offered his soul to the the desert shamans. Now it would never climb to the sacred mountain. Never enter the realm of the ancestors. I suppose it's the path that he chose. I suppose that may just be what he well deserves. And then there's a really nice illustration of this wolf. Now it doesn't show him being dragged off. It's kind of like a uh, a profile, you know? My lady said, Batsu, can you come to me? Chinua and his warriors had withdrawn, but I understood that Batu didn't dare turn his back on them, nor could he risk riding to me and putting more distance between him and the path of retreat. Ooh, she's almost dead. Okay. I nodded and stood on my left leg, making sure my cloak was tight around me. I couldn't feel its warmth. I didn't know how I would walk. I hoped a few steps. Well, no, she hopped a few steps and felt ridiculous. A just-hatched bird hobbling and unsure while thousands of warriors watched me. So I thought I'd risk one step on my right foot. That was a mistake, I thought, as I yelped in pain and fell forward. Suddenly, one of Batu's soldiers was dismounting, running to my side. He lifted me under my knees and carried me back to his horse, boosting me up on his saddle as if I weighed no more than a cat. (laughs) Oh, that's nice. That means you're not heavy at all, girl. (laughs) His face was buried in deep fur-lined hood, and and he rested a moment against his mare, bent forward as if he'd been... Wait, oh! As if he would a pain in his middle, he groaned and he pulled it. It's, it's Tegus. Okay, oh wait, hold on, hold on. He groaned as he pulled himself into the saddle behind me, but he held me on his lap, one arm under my knees, and kept my legs from bouncing against the horse. He wrapped his other arm around my waist as if to warm me as well as keep me on the saddle. My lord... I said as we rolled back to the city, the horse's canter jolted my ankle and I couldn't help whimpering. The pain was like being struck with a knife again and again. Tagus held me tighter. I knew it was him. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. We've got to get you inside the city walls and out of bowshot. And then I asked Blood, uh, Blood Nose here to give us a nice smooth walk just a little farther. Hang on. (sighs) I'm alright, I said, pretending I didn't have pain, tears streaking down my face. And I was so cold, my teeth had begun to chatter like a hammer against my jaw. I kept, I could keep riding all day. Why don't we go mushroom hunting? No, that's a fine idea. And I would agree, but I must admit I'm embarrassed to be out with such a scatterbrain. It seems, my lady, you forgot yet again to put on shoes this morning. What would your mother say? (laughs) I just wanted Kazar's opinion on whether my ankles are sturdier than yours. And what did he say? I don't think he liked my ankles so well. He fell on me and broke one. That wasn't very kind, he agreed, talking lightly as if to distract me from the pain. Oh my goodness, this is so romantic in the weirdest way. (laughs) Okay, okay. 
I think there are better ways to tell a person you don't approve of their ankles than to break them. That's what I thought too. His manners always were lacking. <laughs> His arm held me tighter. You're gonna have to marry me now. But I, you slow crosser, you healed me, and you have perfect ankles. I really don't think this is a question we need to debate. As always, my lord, you make perfect sense. His cheek was next to mine. He pulled me closer. His wings so wonderful. My skin stung against his touch. And kissed my neck behind my ear. Kissed me once, quietly. So you see, I agreed to marry Contagus as Lady Farron. Ancestors, my thought must have been as numb as my feet. And now here I am, I'm in a chamber, stacked with furs and silk and with fire on both ends of the room and three large windows, ice covered in a buff cloth, pressed to my swollen jaw, my broken ankle wrapped and resting on pillows, and everyone calling me Lady Saren. The sticking needle pain of my warming feet has passed. I should go to the kitchen and tell my lady, tell her that her con wants to wed her. And it's time for her to say who she is and who I'm not. I'll go tomorrow. And that is the end of day 164. That was, I think, one of the longest days that I have ever done. And I think it was just because um, of the, the battle. It was, it's a pretty nice uh, size of the Witchfellow. Oh gosh, we've already exceeded our hour, especially with the intro and the, um, I was about to say product placement, not product placement, but with our sponsor. Uh, okay, so we have day 165. 167, 169, and then 170, then we have 174, after that, it's 178, and then that's it, and then there's, excuse me, acknowledgements, so, we're gonna pick up on day 165, um, a little later tonight, since we literally have one more episode until we're finished, finally, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and save that for then. And I'm just going to like review the book a little bit, tell you what I liked about it. Um, hopefully, I get some messages from you guys soon. I would love for you guys to message me so that we can talk and I can tell you how bad your movie and yeah, book choices are. I want to review movies too, but I think that's a little overachieving, you know, because it took me this long to do the last few chapters. <laughs> like, literally, this is one chapter that took an hour to read because I talk too much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I shall see you. I love you guys for loving me. I, um,. I think uh, India is pretty strong right now. Whoever is in India or 
like their cell phone acknowledges that that's where they are um or their computer or whatever thank you you guys i now have six listeners i'm so happy uh, <laughs> okay have a good rest of the evening i guess um last episode shall be posted hopefully before 12 a.m tonight or this morning or tomorrow morning however you want to say that okay bye <laughs>